You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Taking it back to the 90s, but I'm taking it back to another podcast with Brian. Now, how do you see your last name? Is it McKenna? Yes, McKenna. First try. Look at that. I'm getting better at these name pronunciations. <laughs> I'm impressed, man. And so, wait, give me your name. It's Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson. That's got to be a made up radio name. Come on. No, yeah, that's just funny, too, because every, like, I'm telling you, my anxiety through school was the fact that my name is Robert. Robertson. So whenever the teacher began the class, they'd see my name and they'd be like, Robert Robertson. And I'm like, it's not a disease. You just say it. It's <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you know, after you're gone, they might name a disease after you with that kind of name. I hope it's something like destructive though. Like nothing, nothing like selfish, like, you know, like uh, what would you call it? I wouldn't want like some simple flu named after me. I'd want something like that, like wipes out half the population. Oh, you're no, no, no. Trust me, your name, it'll be the apocalypse uh, disease. For sure. Ravage the land. <laughs> you're a sweet guy. Anyone ever tell you that? Uh, a little bit. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Brian, and what do you do professionally? Yeah, so um, I actually just started a new job about a month ago. Um, I'm in sales, essentially, and I'll, I'll skip all the boring uh, minutia of it. But essentially, I am a manufacturer's rep. Um, it's all commercial plumbing supplies. So PVC pipe, drains, sinks, faucets, all that fun shit we put in your house, um, and apartment buildings and commercial buildings. Um, but that's, that's my boring day job. My fun job, the one that I love, um, besides doing the nineties guys podcast, I also, uh, work as a part-time radio DJ here in St. Louis, Missouri. No way. So do you have the radio voice, sir? The radio voice, I, I don't know, but I'll tell you what, we're playing all the hits and going 95 minutes commercial free right here on Now 96.3. Oh, you have the regular voice when you do it. See, my family's all, they'll own their own radio stations and stuff. So my whole family's been in broadcasting. And you can, I can always tell when they're using their radio voice. Like, for like either one of my parents, when I hear them talk and then I hear them on the radio, it's completely different. They'll be like, you're listening to 93.5 The Beach and we're going to bring you the best of rock. I'm like, what's wrong with you? What is you're like, stop puking on the air. <laughs> you know how awkward that would sound if you're at the dinner table? Can you pass the mashed potatoes so I can get some gravy on them suckers? <laughs> you're going to need a lot of therapy. That's all I know. Yeah, you're going to be talking to your therapist like, I don't know what's wrong. They just keep... They keep radioing our life. I don't know. <laughs> but wait, so you're telling me they can turn that off when they come home? They don't act like that just it's talking to you normally? It's completely different. And I can always tell when they do a commercial, like, you're listening to the 90. And it's like this broadcaster voice. And I noticed, like, I have um, my uncle does uh, – we have a local baseball team, like Shorebird Stadium. They're like minor leagues. And uh, he does the announcing for the stadiums. So, like when you're sitting there and he goes, here comes number 35 coming up to the bat. Like that's him. And I talk to him normally. I'm like, where is this? What is this alternate ego? And sometimes they don't even know they're doing it. Right. 
like it's oh. common when you talk to someone in radio like I, I'll, I'll meet them and i'm like why, why do you sound completely different on air and it just they phase right into it and that was actually one of the problems my dad asked me when i started doing a podcast he's like have you picked a radio voice or are you just going to talk normally i'm like i'm going to talk normally because you know how long or how hard it would be to keep that up for like two hours oh my god yeah he, they're just doing like uh top 40 kind of stuff where they're announcing songs yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, you're you're about to listen to uh, Black Eyed Peas, pump it up, and then like next thing you know, they just play the song. But it's they only talk for like a minute and a half at a time. You right. know, when, when you hear talk radio, they're sitting there and they're actually talking. Oh yeah. Oh no, trust me, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I'll tell you what, I only do a five hour radio show once a week. I'm exhausted after after that. I can't imagine doing it five days a week. You know, with that kind of energy and intensity. No, my, my dad would, uh, he used to take me into the radio station because uh, he's been all over the place. These country stations, reggae stations, rock stations. He's the program director. So he lines up all the music for like the week and uh, everyone else just really has to hit a button and then hit play. And uh, so he gets all that stuff set up. But I remember he, like instead of going to school, he just wake me up at four o'clock in the morning when I was like four or five he'd be like come on toss a pillow in the car i'd sleep all the way to the office and next you know my whole childhood was like running down the radio stations hopping into rooms getting on air when i was like a little kid like say hi robbie i'm like hey and he's like well that's a man of few words that's my son robbie and i'm like yeah yeah like like it, it was <laughs> it was so it was so weird like it was a weird lifestyle now that I think about it for a kid because I remember being in the conference room and there was the guys that did Froggy 99.9 it's a country station and they were all over everyone's like oh it's whiskey and randy in the morning and I just saw those guys like walk right in the door and they're sitting there just talking I just wave at them and they're like hey, they're waving back like they're normal people and yeah it's it's crazy to think cuz you hear people on the radio you're like oh, they're famous you know they're famous and I'm like they're average day people Right. You know what? I actually, I had that exact same experience because before I went into radio, I'm, I'm a total radio junkie, as I'm sure it sounds like you are too. I, I went into a station that it's actually a company that owns five different radio stations, one of which happens to be like one of the biggest radio stations to ever be, KMOX in St. Louis, just massive, broadcast the Cardinals, known like, you know, internationally. Um, but I came in and I started to meet all these people who I idolized. And at first, I was totally awkward around them. Like I'd, I'd go up and see them and I, I couldn't talk right. I was awkward. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the right thing. And after like two months, I came to the same realization you did. I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, Dave uh, is just a normal dude that, you know, that comes on the radio for four hours a day, goes home. You know, he was a God to me before I got in there. And then I, I you know, I, I realized the same thing. They're just, they're doing a job like anybody else. Their job just happens to be something with a bit of a celebrity status to it although you know minute what do you find is the funnest aspect of being a radio broadcaster oh my okay you know what this is this is a totally self-serving part of it but i just love the fact that uh it's a great brag i mean like for me um i wasn't like the most popular guy in high school you know i, I had a group of friends but um now, you know, uh, people hear me on the radio. It's, you know, I feel cool. I feel like I get to walk in and I have 50,000 watts of, you know, power. I'm sending my voice out. Um, people have contacted me and been like, oh, it's so cool. I heard you on the radio. You know, that's awesome. Um, and I would say besides that, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this your entire life, 
but the perks are unbelievable. I mean, oh, dude, let me tell you, concert tickets. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, now it sucks now because I'm 21 years old, but I don't really want to go to concerts that much anymore. Like, I don't feel like traveling because it's just too far. And what? they're like, dude, you, you're now the age to get into any concert you want. Before, it had to be under 21, had to be all these things. And I've met so many bands. I mean, I've met um, Slightly Stupid. I've met Pepper. I've met uh, The Expendables. I've met The Dirty Heads. I've met uh, – the list goes on and on, dude. I've met – my dad, actually, he's in a Kiss tribute band. So no. yeah, so he plays in a band called Rock Bottom, and this is how I've known my dad. My dad is the radio guy, and then at nights he goes either DJing or he's playing a band gig dressed up as Peter Chris. So <laughs> in Baltimore, there's like a pretty pretty big place. Um, it's called Ram's Head Live, and he played in front of like a, like a thousand something people. And it like you don't know the feeling when you have that as your dad. You're just like walking around like yeah, you can't touch me. Like no. Like any, right. any gig I went to with him, I, I, I immediately was just like untouchable. I could go back in the, like the back bar part, grab a drink and just walk by. I was like, what's this little kid doing? And he's like, oh, that's Skip's kid. And it was like, oh, that's Skip's kid. Okay. Okay. And just stay away from me. And I'm like, right. I, it, it was awesome, but it was, it was crazy at the same time. Cause I was so normalized with that as a kid. Like it's my birthday or something, and my mom or my dad will be on the radio, be like, "This is for my son Robbie out there," and then bam, we'll play one of my favorite songs. And then like I hear like stories, like my dad will be a storyteller on the air or something, and, and like he'll be like, "Like I'll walk into the office, you don't even know what they're doing behind the scenes. Like they're sitting there talking to you, full on conversation, and he's throwing a ball with me back and forth, like totally not even paying attention <laughs> to what he's saying." Right. He sounds like a natural. How many years has he been in radio? Oh, he's been doing it for like 40-something years now. Oh, my God. He owns his own country station with a bunch of other people now. He actually runs his own thing, and he loves that so much better, man. I'll tell you what. this uh, You are destined to be in radio probably your entire life. Because That's what he said to me, too. He goes, wait, yeah. you're, doing a, you're doing a podcast? I was like, yeah. He goes, why don't I just give you your own radio segment for an hour? And I said, no. And he goes, what? He goes, you would have literally your own segment. You get to do whatever you want. You get, I would set these up so you would have people to talk to, like conversation. I'm like, nah. And he goes, why? I'm like, because I don't want to use your name. I want to do this myself. See, and good for you. I, I, feel this, I feel the exact same way because I know people locally who are in radio because of their parents, and they never get the respect that they're owed, even if they truly have talent. And it's, I, I, think, I think that you're doing the right thing because think about it too. Radio's fine, but let's be honest. Everything's moving towards podcasting. It's just, it's such a popular medium at this point. And uh, that's actually why Jed and I jumped into it because we, you know, there's a huge opportunity to make a name for yourself, um, not just locally, but now nationally with a podcast. Yeah. Well, it's so difficult because with like radio, there's a lot of guidelines you have to follow by. You can't like, curse a certain amount of times in the air you can't do these certain things i remember my dad told me a story like he got a kiss tattoo on his arm while he was on radio so <laughs> their tattoo and this is back in the day so it took a long time just to get this like shoulder tattoo done so he's getting it done on air and as he's talking he's like oh shit like like in the moment <laughs> and people are like like what oh my god he's sitting on the radio and he's trying his hardest like not to but Man, his stories, like I remember him leaving at one o'clock in the morning, heading down to the radio station because they had dead air. Like there was just oh. 
it was just silence. And he was like, I got to go to the station to fix this. And I'm like, yeah. it, like music has been and broadcasting has been all throughout my life. And I always asked him like, well, like, how do you still do it? Like you're switching different genres and stuff. I get it gets old. And whenever I was in the car with him, he would never listen to the radio. Right. Cause that's, never. that's being at work for him. You know, yeah, he was like, I get it enough. He's like, I'd rather listen to nature right now. And right. his stories he tells about it, like he can go on and on with them, but they're so amazing. It made me kind of want to be able to do that just on the concept of, it was so normalized. Like a lot of kids are like, what you were on the radio. And to me, it was like, yeah, like it's an everyday thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, are you a Howard Stern guy at all? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Cause your story reminds me a ton of Howard's story because his dad, was a radio engineer. He did um, he did a lot of cartoon uh, voice recording uh, back in the day, but Howard basically grew up in a radio station, and so he was around that. He was in tune to it from a very young age. You sound like you have the exact same thing going on. Um, I wonder, are you looking to long term do something like a long, like a long format kind of talk? show or podcast i mean besides this this is really it this is the only thing i, I kind of want to keep on doing because the, the stories you hear and the conversations you can have like one minute you could be talking about bigfoot next minute you're talking about you know it just gives everybody a platform to be able to just have a conversation like i've had a couple people message me like i don't mean anything man i'm not interesting i'm sorry i can't do anything for your podcast i'm like dude you mean something to somebody and you have something interesting about you so let's hear it Right. I love that. I totally agree. Everybody's got a story. And I, um, I, all right. Before we start diving into the realm of my podcast, let's not do that. I hate promoting myself. Whenever I go on someone else's podcast, they're like, tell us a little bit about yours. I'm like, it's called Out of the Blank. You can look it up. <laughs> Find out for yourself. So I actually want to kind of take it to a little bit. We're going to throw it back. Okay. Just like my years as a child dealing in the radio industry. Let's talk about your podcast that focuses completely on the best parts of my life. The nineties. Yes. Amen. That's what it's all about, man. I think, I think we all love the nineties. How could you not? It was easily one of the best times in us history. In my opinion, what's one of the things you miss the most from the nineties? Oh my God. What, what, what are you doing to me, man? That's an impossible question. Um, I'll give you a couple that are like my, my top three or four. Um, and again, this is something that I think a lot of people might say, and it's also very cheesy, but in a way it was a lot simpler time. Like, you know, now I'm addicted to my cell phone. My wife's addicted to her cell phone. Everybody is addicted to their cell phones. I love that back then I got to spend a lot of quality time with people and it wasn't in between looking at their phones. You know what I mean? It was it was yeah. genuine time spent together. There's no connection anymore. Like you go to a restaurant, what's the first thing everybody's doing? They're on their cell phone, not even entertaining the idea of each other. Like you guys just spent $60 to go out and eat together. And now you're not going to sit there and talk. You're going to stare at your phone the whole meal. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, listen, we had cell phones back in the 90s, but it wasn't anything like it is now. So I would have to say like the simplicity I loved. Um, also one of the things we focus on, actually the thing we focus on most in our podcast, I miss the cartoons from the nineties. I mean, it was the golden age of cartoon television with cartoon network, Nickelodeon battling it out for like, you know, 10 good years. You got slimed, bro. Amen. Oh, oh my gosh. Think about all the, the, not just the cartoons, but all the live programming Nickelodeon did back in the nineties with 
All that. Show. Amanda show. The like the King SNL Hill. for kids, man. Oh, dude, I actually hated King of Hill, to be honest with you. Oh, oh no, no. I said Keenan and Kel. Man. Oh, I thought you said King of the Hill. I was like, I freaking that show, man. I can't st- <laughs> he's too bland for me. All he does is talk about propane and beef. <laughs> I know, but hey, how about the fact that uh, Mike Judge, who created King of the Hill, also created Beavis and Butthead? Oh which, yeah. <laughs> were you a Beavis and Butthead kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. Cool, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I do this. Those shows were awesome, man. I'm telling you. I think one of my all-time favorite things, like cartoon-wise, I loved a good old Johnny Bravo, man. Oh, amen. Before the Me Too movement. Yeah, before you couldn't, you know. It, but that showed the best aspect of, you know, if you're a dick, if you're an alpha male, you're not going to get the chick. You know, you have to treat him right. with respect. That's what it taught us. But. Amen. It went the complete opposite way now. Now it's like, oh, that's offensive to women. It was like, no, it was supposed to be like that. So it let you know that that's not how you're supposed to act. Yeah. It was a parody of a douchebag that hits on women constantly. And it was hilarious. I mean, God, I, you know what? There, there's so many, there's so many like different uh, aspects of cartoons back in the 90s that we will never see again because of the political correctness that's going on right now. And I think that's terrible. The weird thing is the way we're, we're taking it as a society is we're taking it the wrong way. We're getting too, too, too sensitive over stuff. Yeah. Like now Teen Titans, like they, that was a beautiful show back in the day. Not anymore. It got turned into Teen Titans Go. And now I realize they have to fit it to a different audience. They have to do this. There's a younger generation that wants to learn about it. But you know what it was like? You know, you couldn't play nowadays. You couldn't have hmm. Elmer Fudd try and kill a rabbit. You couldn't. Oh, no way. No, PETA no. would be on that in like five minutes flat. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I totally understand. There's a time and place to be sensitive about certain things. But it's like when we're talking about a cartoon, you know, kid stuff, why do we have to be so serious? Why do we have to take away that innocence? You know, that was the whole thing about cartoons. They were stupid. They were silly. It was like fart jokes and and stupid humor. And that's the beauty of it. And I think... I think that is probably one of the best aspects of the 90s. But I want to ask you, I want to kind of flip it on to you. What would you say was uh, one of the best parts of the 90s? Now, part, or are we talking about show? Because I have a lot of things Mm. in the 90s I do love. I'll start with the show. Give me show. Okay. I really love Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Encourage the Cowardly Dog. But there was one show above them all that I will have to say I really did I, I I mean overall enjoyed I would have to say it would be Tom and Jerry man oh wow okay that show was so like the there was no talking <laughs> it You're was right. just orchestrated music the whole time I took a music appreciation class and he was like anybody here like orchestra and then everyone's like not saying anything like, like basically no and he goes well if you guys like Tom and Jerry and everyone's like yeah yeah, yeah. he goes well you just like orchestra because you like the music and I realized he played it without the, like the music in the background it was just Tom and Jerry yeah. it was so awkward there was nothing. There was just, it was dead silence, dead air. And then they played with the orchestra and then it was like, it added so much more intensity to the scenes. Wow. You know what? I've never thought of it, but I know what you mean. Like the music accented their movements and their, their different things they were doing. 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy because like you know that when the when the running coming up, there's like a sly whistle, and then the violins going really really fast, like they're being chased through it. Like th- those all added something to that, and I I remembered it. Like there was not really any talking, but it was such a good show. The cat and the mouse, like they always he's always going after the mouse, and he never catches them. And then when he does catch them, he is so apologetic and so sorry for it. <laughs> you know what? The brilliance of cartoons. And think about it like this: those guys who made that cartoon had to be smart enough and have enough like nuance about life and how different things work to, to entertain you for that long without any dialogue, zero talking. I it's think, impressive. I think that old cartoon shows that taught us lessons, I believe they're the people they hire to make fortune cookies because it always seems like they're dropping wisdom on you 24-7. <laughs> you know what? You could be right, although... I did just visit a fortune cookie factory a couple months ago. And um, I'm pretty sure that those people who write fortune cookies are on drugs. They're, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, they're getting like 25 cents an hour. They're, oh my God. You go in there and it's like, they look like they're strung out of meth and they're freaking like next to a super hot machine pressing like patties and cookies all day they're definitely but, not happy i mean uh, how do you think yeah. the girl scouts felt back in the day I, they were more of an impending fear on me back in the day than they are now now i just say i'm sorry all i have is a debit card and i walk away <laughs> and they don't like put a gun to your head or anything no i mean they follow me and beat me up in the parking lot but i'm all right with that it's, it's better than when i was a kid and i felt ob- like obligated i had five dollars my mom would be like, go run in the store. First thing I'm doing is I'm heading over to the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but not even the real right. ones, the fake Japanese ones where you get them and they're all like holographic and the dude's got like 10,000 plus attack power. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. See, you, you did the wrong thing, though. You got to fight back. Just beat the shit out of the Girl Scouts. I mean, who cares? You, you know, know you, can, you, can, you can run. You know what's so sexist about it, though, is, is if it was hmm. Boy Scouts, you wouldn't be noting. You're, you know what? You're right. You wouldn't even uh, I, donate to a kid in Africa. You'd rather donate to Sarah McLaughlin in her SPCA commercial that is completely doing it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but in the same way, I wouldn't give a dime to the Girl Scouts if I wasn't getting incredible cookies. You know what I mean? All right. You're right. This this Momoa things, this the I forgot what they it's like coconut. Oh my God. Man, I know. I know. But the yeah. best is the way you gotta do it, you get the thin mints. You throw them in the fridge, and then about an hour later, you eat the entire sleeve. And then if you're me, because I got to keep my girl's figure for the radio, you got to go vomit it up. And that's a little pro tip for all you kids out there. Yeah, you swallow a Cheerio. That's the best way. Exactly. You know what's crazy? One of the things I do miss about the 90s when it comes to like food was like Dunkaroos and the Lunchable. Oh. Not, not the Lunchables, but the, the kids' cuisine. Yes, that penguin made your fucking day. (laughs) Oh, that penguin was my entire summer. I mean, yeah. And then they'd have the different promotions with the, uh, oh, what's it called again? Oh, the Kids Cuisines. I love, my favorite was they had a promotion with the Lion King back in the day. And you got like, uh, you know how you got like an entree, a couple sides and one dessert, right? Yeah. So, so back in the day when they teamed up with Lion King, they did one where you got like uh, a, a gelatin or like a pudding and inside of it were like little bugs that, you know, Timon and Pumbaa bugs. And they were incredible. I, right now, I would probably pay $100 if I could have that exact kid cuisine tonight. 
you know, you said you said it best. Like the reason why you guys focus on the '90s, it was a much simpler time, dude. I mean, do you remember belly washers? Oh, how, dude, how can you forget belly washers? You used to collect the caps. I remember on a road trip to Florida, I pissed my mom off so bad when I had a baby bottle pop. And it had like the one where you lick it and you dip it into the powdered thing. And I stuck it in the, uh, like back in the day, like the little, uh, the Cadillacs, they had the um, change kind of holder in the back. Yeah. I dumped all the powder in there and was dipping it that way because it was easier <laughs> than dipping it in the bottle. And she had she spent hours trying to clean up the car, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I didn't." What she wait? She tell me she came down on you for your ingenuity because yeah. you said, "Hey, you're like I need more space to dunk. I'm not getting optimal space for my baby bottle pop." It was like when she always yelled at me about, remember those little red coupon things they would have in the grocery store, and you used to grab like fifty of them because they would just keep dispensing. Oh, yes, I do. I forgot about those. And you ended up leaving them in your pocket. And then when you go inside your car or something, you're like, oh, I forgot to use these. And then you just have a bunch of them laying around your house. Listen, did anybody ever really use those coupons? I, I mean, let's like be honest. There's some elderly woman out there like, those things saved me a nickel on a dime. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and then some Nigerian prince came through and, and took her entire fortune. <laughs> now, I can't remember if it was the 90s or the 2000s that this came out, but do you remember a toy called Scanners? Oh, at, well, okay. Let me see if we're talking about the same thing. The thing you, you went have, into a grocery store and you scanned yes. a barcode and you randomly got a monster. You got monsters. Absolutely. I just went on Amazon like two weeks ago and actually rebought one of those. Wait, do they actually still work? Yes. What? It sucks though because apparently back then it was a certain code like that was part of the sponsored product that would give you the monster, which right. I didn't know. So I'm now I'm scanning it in the store at the age of like 21, and people are looking at me like I'm a weirdo, and right. I'm not getting any monsters. I'm just sitting there basically scanning stuff. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like an idiot because I would go to the grocery store with my thing, and I I literally found one monster the entire time I had this toy. I could never, ever find monsters. Did you? I, I No, I couldn't because I didn't know that it was a certain sponsored item. My brother knew that because he was older than me. My brother's around oh. your age. So he, like, I was a lot younger. So I'm sitting there running and scanning everything in the grocery store. Like, I ended up, like, you know, hiding under the coat room rack or whatever when you're, like, trying to hide from your parents. Well, I was yeah. running around the store, and they had to keep calling. Can Robbie please come to the front of the store? And I'm like, nope, I'm too busy scanning shit. Too busy scanning <laughs> He's like, Mom, I got to get more monsters. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's crazy because there were so many awesome things about the 90s that a lot of people, like you just, like even me, I just completely forgot about. Yeah. Well, and see, that's part of the reason we wanted to do this podcast is because not only did, you know, you and everyone else forget about it, but there's stuff that we've kind of remembered and, you know, gotten to think about and talk about and, uh, and discuss on this podcast. Like you brought up one of them, Dunkaroos. It has to be one of the greatest snacks ever known to man. And I have no clue why they would take it off the shelves, but we no longer have Dunkaroos. I don't get it. I, I mean, tell you, man, some of the times I miss the most are probably the times when I was a child before the real problems of the world sunk in. <laughs> like when you're, si when you're sitting at home and you put in a VHS tape and then you got the FBI warning that popped up right in the beginning. Yes. And you're like, okay, this is serious crime. And nowadays kids are like, I'm just going to watch it on my phone. <laughs> They're like, let me just illegally download this. We'll watch this movie. 
they, they, they'll never know the struggle of walking to the bus stop with a CD player. Oh, and you had to help, you had to hold it just right or your CD would totally get fucking scratched to shit. Like you had the shittiest headphones possible and like they barely worked and you had to basically you picked you picked one CD, you carried it to the bus stop. You were stuck with that CD. There's no other songs you can listen to except what's on that disc. Right. Well, you know what? And it's funny because that's it's been a natural progression because a big thing I remember is having my first ever MP3 player. And God, I think it had like maybe a quarter of a gig on it, if that. So you had to pick like your top, maybe 30, 35 songs you wanted to play. And like, I would come home from school and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take this one off. I'm going to put this one on. It was, you had to do like a science, a mathematical equation to figure out what songs you were going to have on your podcast or not your podcast, your MP3 player. It was always weird for me because, like, my family, like, coming from, like, parents, DJs, broadcasting, we had all these CDs in the garage. So I just would go – like, my dad, he he met Wee Man. He met, like – he's met – actually, this is the story I want to say. So my dad actually was in a commercial that you can look up on YouTube. It's a Swedish commercial. But he got to play with Kiss, the actual band members. What? Yeah, so if you're watching this commercial – it's this Swedish guy like listening to Kiss with his like uh, at a like gas station listening like pumping up. He goes inside the gas station and gets a drink. He comes back out and he's like, "Why is my why isn't why why is my music stopped?" And he turns around in the back seat and it's Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, everybody all in the back. And he goes, "Guys, why have you stopped playing?" He goes, "Well, you went inside. We thought we'd get a drink or we'd just take a break." He goes, "No, turn it back up." And then as they're driving away, you see this dude playing drums on the back of the truck as they're driving away. That's my dad. Oh, nice. And I saw that. I was like, you literally met your idols. You met your favorite band. And he's like, it was awesome. He goes, and they, the, the crappy part was they were in such a rush because they were like three hours late. You know, fame and fortune, all that. And uh, he, uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't really take pictures. He only got like one good picture with them. But what? it was cool because like working at a radio station, my dad met so many famous people. And I was con- like, he met uh, Green Day and then he got all the stuff signed and then he like handed it to me. He's like, check it out. And I was like, what? Like you just met, you know, the guy that I basically spent my childhood anxiety listening to like American <laughs> Idiot Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I mean, bring me back to Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, please. Oh, amen. And actually, if we can say with that, how about. Tony Hawk on the PlayStation 2. Dude, which one? Pro Skater 3? Oh, I, I know. I don't care what it is. Any to- Tony Hawk on the PlayStation 2 was incredible. I mean, like, you know, you didn't even really play to, like, beat any, uh, like, levels or anything. It was just all, like, skateboarding around, jumping off stuff, doing tricks. It was, it was a nonsense game, but it was incredible. Did you, did you play Tony Hawk? I did play Tony Hawk. I played that one, but I think my all-time favorite one was the one for Xbox. The one, Xbox. Uh, the American Wasteland. Oh, see, you had, man, to build, I, you had to build your own park and stuff. Like I played Pro Skater what? Three, and uh, is it Pro Skater Three or Pro Skater Two? Where you get the, I thought the best part was you get to customize your own, uh, like uh, park and stuff, and you get to also customize your own character. So I just make my dude super jacked and. Then I just feel like I'd be doing like impossibles over and over again in the air. And until the point where I messed up and my dude would just slam into the ground <laughs> and die on impact. 
basically. It's funny because you get you could add like blood to your knees and stuff. And I actually got in trouble with that in school. We had to make a, a like a character, like a little stick figure person of ourselves, and he had to like color it in and like you get to cut it out and put it up on the wall. And my dude was like, I was playing so much of Tony Hawk at the time where I just kept crashing and making my dude have bloody knees that I just made my character have bloody knees when we cut him out and put him up on the wall. And she called my parents. <laughs> and my parents, my parents were like, "What's wrong with him?" And like, they're like, yeah, he's 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 probably going to self harm. And I'm just sitting there like, "Oh, it's supposed to be a skater because you know you fall and you get like a scabby knee." Like, does anybody remember that now? Kids won't even know. <laughs> yeah, and the teacher's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure you wanted to be a skater." And she's like under her breath, "What a fucking freak, <laughs> dude." That's that's something I used to do all the time too. Remember razors, like the scooters. Oh, of course. Yeah, those are the best. You thought you weren't cool unless you had a library card. I'm talking about you weren't cool unless you were scootering around town picking up hoes, yo. Oh, absolutely, man. And I, hey, and once you're done picking up the hoes, once you did what you got to do, you fold that bad boy up and you go home. You know what I mean? Like a badass. Like you, it's <laughs> one of those drop the mic moments. Like you've heard about kids having Camaros at school. I'm telling you, you had a Razor scooter, ain't nobody messing with you. No. And you know what? Razor scooters were actually also great for like picking up and beating the shit out of somebody. I don't know if you've gotten to experience that yet, but it's, yeah. it's liberating. And then you saw the kid that had the rollerblades thinking he was all that, like going and like listening to music and like totally like, going backwards on it. And I just was like, here's a stick. I drop it right in front of him and wait for that thing to happen. <laughs> You're like, take that bitch. <laughs> like, I got a scooter, bro. We're better. <laughs> hey man, I'm all down for the scooter life. I mean, I, I actually, I think I scootered too late. I scootered till I was like maybe 18 years old. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, the craziest thing about the nineties I do miss is the fact hmm. that kids used to skateboard and their parents would not need to worry about them every single minute of the day. Right. So recently I, there's this area of this community that opened up near my buddy's house and we've never been down it. We're trying to take a shortcut and kind of get through um, to, to get to the grocery store. It was, a, it was a better way than going the long way around. So me and him decided to go, hey, let's skateboard. You know, it's a nice night. Let's do it. So we go through this place and we got lost basically because all the homes were the exact same. It was a community. Like every single house looked exactly the same. We got lost for an hour and a half. You know what I found out back there? Hmm. They have a water park. They have all this stuff in this private development. And the weirdest thing was there were like, you got to see kids skateboarding on the street wearing helmets. You got to see parents like walking, like a pregnant woman I saw walking, pushing a stroller and just everybody was walking their dog. And I don't see that in my own community now. Like I don't see that in my own, on my own street. Nobody's ever outside playing. <laughs> Are you in the ghetto or what, man? Dude, I'm I'm in a I'm in the normal literally I'm like a suburb type guy like but this was out in the suburbs where I went this little special community but where yeah. I'm at like I'm kind of near the city nobody's out on the fucking streets nobody's right. doing anything the kids watching Netflix upstairs my cousin got caught in the rain on his bike and you know what he told me huh he had to Uber home oh oh my god can you imagine being able to call an Uber back in the day dude. Nowadays, kids are on this tablet. I think that's awesome being able to kind of like, you know, you know, do fun games on that. But nobody remembers like Leapstar or that like game you had. Like, remember the Nintendo 64 where if the game didn't work, you took it out and you had to blow in it multiple times and shove it in there and see if it would work? Oh, of course. Dude, d listen, doing a blowjob back in the 90s, it was a totally different thing than it is now. Okay. It's basically they were practicing, so now we should be benefiting from it, not getting worse at it. 
<laughs> you know what? I I think that that's probably why we have a generation of. Well, I'll just stop it there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I call it, call it on the down low. So <laughs> we actually, I was talking to uh, Jedediah, and he actually told me that you're a big fan of one of my favorite shows, Courage the Cowardly <laughs> Dog. Oh my gosh! You know what? To say I'm a big fan is an understatement. I mean that that show was like my entire life growing up. And uh, I'll tell you a real short story. I, I told it on um, our podcast. Um, I was such a huge fan back in the day, and I actually wanted to be a cartoonist. That was my dream. I was going to go to Hollywood, and I was going to work for Cartoon Network, and I was going to make this amazing show. Well, in doing that, I started to fall in love with all these people who created these cartoons, like Craig McCracken and um, you know uh, John R. Dillsworth, all these different guys. And so I would write them. I would sit in my room, and I would write them letters. And I would say, I love your show. You are my role model. Thank you for putting this amazing content out. And um, no one ever wrote me back out of, I would say maybe like 20, 30 letters, except for one guy. And that was John R. Dillsworth, the creator of Courage the Cowardly Dog. And he was the sweetest guy ever. He sent me, it was this, uh, it was this really, in a way, a kind of creepy thing, which I love because that's what the show was all about. It was basically a picture of him sitting in uh, the, the living room of Courage's house, sitting on the rocking chair that Muriel would usually sit on, with Courage on his lap, and he's sitting there with, like, the biggest, creepiest fucking smile on his face. Like, like a child molester kind of freak smile. smile. Mr. Rogers and, um, now. Yeah, exactly. And on the back of this picture, he wrote me, like, the sweetest note, like, Thank you so much for what you said, Brian. Um, it means a lot knowing that people like you really enjoy the show. You know, um, don't don't let your dream die. You know, keep it up. And we actually, this is crazy. We exchanged emails, and we ended up being pen pals for I would say easily over a year. I mean, we wrote maybe every other week back and forth to each other. Did he ever ask you to send him underwear? You know what? <laughs> no, he did not. But our conversations did end at a certain point. He got a little creepy with me. Um, he he was telling me about how he wants to come out with courage apparel, like shirts and hats and stuff like that. And in one of his writings, he said, yeah, I'd like to send you one. And if you wouldn't mind, send me back a picture of yourself in it. I bet you'd look really sexy in it. Whoa, and he said sexy? He said sexy. And I was how, about... How, how old were you? I was about 11 years old at this okay. point. This is a problem. <laughs> and he was well aware of that. So not to uh I'm not accusing John of anything, but I just it gave me a little bit of the creeps and uh I, I ended up not responding after that. It's like the neighbor that's like, I have a pool, would you like to come swim? And you're like, Yeah, sure. And the next thing you know, you go in the back and there's just like a little tiny inflatable pool, like a dog pool. You're like And their pants are already off. Yeah, that and they already got the hose out. It's like, what's happening? That's a thing. That's a thing from the '90s too that I miss. Not getting hurt by an old man, but the fact that the garden hose you used to drink from the hose when you were thirsty. Oh. Now it's oh, like yeah. you're gonna die and you're gonna get like intestinal AIDS. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> intestinal AIDS? Is that what they're saying now? Oh, dude, it's, it, it goes Jesus. on and on and on. Oh, you know what? It's funny though. Even as a kid, I always heard if you drank out of the hose, you would get a tapeworm. And knowing that information. I still always drink out of the hose. It's like, who gives a fuck? I'm thirsty. I'm outside. What am I going to do? Dude, the first thing I did was I bought a super soaker and I filled it with a soda and I was spraying that 
<laughs> well, you have cancer now then. Oh God, I knew that's what happened. Yeah, if the, if the heat <laughs> of the plastic gets inside of the water, if you leave the, the, the soaker gun out and then you drink from it, you can get cancer. I sounded like a load of crap my parents told me on Halloween when they were like, we need to check your Snickers and candy for uh, something dangerous. <laughs> and you're like, listen, just because I ate one razor doesn't mean you have to check every piece of candy. And that's a myth. I did a podcast on it. That was just a thing. It was actually one reported case. It was a dad that poisoned his own son and then started poisoning kids in the neighborhood. Oh, he did oh it for God. insurance money. I was like, so you basically ruined it for all of us. The fact that I didn't get to eat any of the good candy because my parents had to inspect it first. <laughs> See, you, it's funny that your parents were that serious about it because mine, they always wanted to look at my candy, but who knows how much they really cared. They would basically give it a once over and be like, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, if you had, if you had to say one thing back in your, like, obviously when you were watching these shows, you had a favorite snack that you religiously ate as a kid. What was it? You know what? It's a toss up. It's either got to be popcorn or pickles. And I know it sounds weird, but those were the. Oh no, it doesn't sound weird at all. You f- psychopath! No, just <laughs> corn and pickles. What? How do you even get that combination together? You know what? I don't know. I, you know what? Listen, pickles are incredible, and popcorn's like popcorn's essentially like bread. Like it's just it's a filling thing. You eat a pickle, you're not full necessarily. You know what I mean? It's 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 a light snack. Mine would have to be a bagel with butter on it in the microwave for like twenty seconds. Or when I used to watch Dragon Ball Z, like first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. I would have a two slices of bread, put two slices of cheese on each piece of, or on one on each piece of bread, put pepperoni on it, put it together, and then stick it in the microwave for 20 seconds. Dude, yes. melted cheese on a sandwich is like God's gift. Like I don't know how I would have yes. survived in this world without that because I still don't even know how to use the oven today. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me, man? Uh, drunk at 2 a.m., that's still my go-to, is to get the cheese, get the bread, get the pepperoni, and pig out, basically. Now, do you remember these toys that used to come in McDonald's Happy Meals, Neopets? Oh, of course. Well, okay, so I remember the name, but I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of what they were. It's like Neopets were like this website, like you can make your own pets, like they're like wolves and all these things. It oh, was yeah. like, but the weird part was, they would get super, super hungry to the point of dying, but then you didn't have to actually, they never died. They just got like, he's about to die. And I'm like, he's been about to die for three years now. I still <laughs> have not checked on him. That's a good lesson for kids. Just don't feed your pet and it'll always live. That's why a Tamagotchi messed you up so bad because that thing actually died if you weren't on its ass every five seconds. I know. And you know what? Jed and I actually covered an episode of Tamagotchi and the consensus was, no one ever paid attention to their Tamagotchi. It was a fashion statement. If you had a Tamagotchi on your backpack, hanging off or on your jeans or whatever, you were fucking cool. I mean, that's just how it was. It's all right. So, and then they had the slap wristbands, you know what I'm talking about? Where they slap it onto your wrist and it would just click all the way around. Like, yeah, that's that, that showed thug status at school. Like some kid would just be like, I'm going to end this argument and just slap on one of those on his wrist. (laughs) <laughs> well if you really want to end an argument you slap it around their neck and then you suffocate them to death that's Whoa. a good way to do it your mind goes to criminal <laughs> intent i like that i'm dark yeah <laughs> so no you know i actually gave jed a slap bracelet for his birthday 
Um, I, I heard you. I heard one of your episodes. You were giving him something. Um, open up a present, and it was like "Happy Birthday, you bitch" on the inside of the uh, whatever. <laughs> that was funny as hell, man. Because like I listened to the Scrubs episode, and for like the first like twenty minutes, you guys were not talking about Scrubs. You guys were just ranting about stuff, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like it brings real <laughs> character into the conversation instead of just going straight to the topic. You know what? I really appreciate that. That's that's how we do it in every single podcast. We have a first segment where it's basically we just bullshit and a lot of times we actually play uh certain games and in the second segment that's where we totally dive into like the topic at hand so i'm glad you like that i appreciate that feedback yeah dude it was always, i mean it's it's always awesome you get to actually understand a person before you know like it, it when you just like when you're looking up a podcast you obviously want to find whatever your specific topic is you want to talk about and when you start listening to it, if you create like a really funny vibe in the beginning, instead of being like, you're listening to this and we're going to be talking about this today, this is why we talk about the radio broadcasting voice. Like if you just have a boring, bland voice, it's very hard for someone to listen to. Like on page one, uh, Bueller, Bueller, it's like, oh my <laughs> God, let's get to the please. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's the boring shit that my dad listened to growing up. I, who wants to hear that? Yeah, and it's it's funny too. So let me ask you this because you 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 do a podcast and you've been in this world for quite a while now. Um, what are some things that you think set other podcasts apart? Because there's a million of them out there. What draws you into a podcast? It's individuality, to be honest with you. A lot of times people look at the names, like who the guests you have on it. But I say, I mean, I've listened to a few. Um, I think it's just the amount of content. It's really whatever you're feeling. Like it's like music, you know. When you pop in a CD, usually, or you just listen to something on your phone, like Spotify, you're you're aiming for what song you want to listen to. But then we hit the playlist, like the mixtape button, and it mixes everything up, and you're hearing stuff you might not ever even thought to look up, but you end up enjoying. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I totally agree with you. When I jump on a podcast, if there's someone that I genuinely like, like if I if, if I relate to them. It's so much easier to listen to the podcast. And honestly, I will turn off the podcast in a minute if I don't like it. It doesn't take long for me to shut it off. Well, that's that's a crazy part unless you got the uh unless you don't have Spotify premium and then after you skip like six times, you're kind of stuck with that last one. Yeah. You gotta hope you land on a good one. Yeah, it's like rolling the dice. I honestly think it's the each podcast is so each like different and unique, but I think it's when you truly put like whatever you want and you don't try and listen to other people. Like a lot of people just try and monetize and then they'll list off in the first 50 minutes, like just nothing but advertisements. I'm like, Oh my God, can we just get to the one thing I wanted to learn about? I know I'm not going to buy your shit anyway. Nobody is. Yeah. Like I, I listened to one about like Assassin's Creed. Um, and the guy was pronouncing all this stuff wrong, but he was like, look, I don't give a fuck. I'm pronouncing it wrong. This is how it's going to go. And I'm like, I love that. Like, it, nice. it, it's it's all about not caring because I feel like when you start to care truly about the audience, like not saying that they don't matter, but when you truly try, like if someone gives you a comment, you should try this. If you start making adjustments like that, you're going to lose the original concept of why you started it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Jed and I actually ran into that at a certain point. Um, I, I, I mentioned, yeah, I work at a radio station. It's part of a huge conglomerate. And I don't want to mention which one just in, in case they'd get pissed off with me saying this, but my program director, he said, Hey, I, I heard your podcast. It sounds good. I'm actually getting into advising people on podcasts and I wanted to give you guys some suggestions. 
So he gave the suggestions. He told me what he thought. And I went and I talked to Jed with it. And we were both kind of like, okay, I guess that's a good thing to do to kind of like, you know, make sure we're improving on the podcast. The next week when we went in, we were like, you know what? Fuck that. This is our podcast. Like, we, don't have to con- we don't have to convert it to please one guy who thinks he knows what he's talking about. So I totally agree. It, you got to do what you think is best for your show. And honestly, I think you got to do what makes you laugh the most because other people are going to like that. Well, people are going to enjoy the camaraderie. It's like when you watch a TV show or something, if they're just acting and they're not going full into character and not actually enjoying the moment, it can separate it. Like when you watch How I Met Your Mother or one of those types of shows, it shows like these guys actually have good camaraderie, especially when you watch the bloopers. It makes you like the show even more. But then you watch something like Law and Order where it just seems like everyone's just going for a one-liner like, I guess he's out of the question. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, it just tells like everybody's not really into the actual thing. Like they're not bringing in the audience. Right. It's so, it's disingenuine. Well, this is actually one of the cool part about 90s shows and like older movies back in the day was it was something you and your parents could sit and watch and both of you guys would enjoy the jokes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and how brilliant that those animators and those writers were able to make something that two totally different generations could enjoy at the exact same time. They would do a low-key adult joke that the kid would laugh at a different thing. Yeah, and, and maybe even they would laugh at what they said, and the adult laughs for totally different reasons. Like, you didn't even notice in one of the episodes of Looney Tunes that Daffy Duck was reading a magazine, and on the magazine it said, Play Duck. Nah, uh, Yeah. And As we a, would never know what that is. You wouldn't. And you wouldn't even know about the doctor on Rocco's Modern Life. Dr. Bendova. No. Was that his name? Bendova. Oh, my God. Dude, one of my favorite shows, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, man. If you look, like I'm, I'm actually kind of doing a little bit of research here, too. And one of the things that I just noticed, they have a sticky notes on Ed's wall, like what he has to do, like flush the toilet, walk, don't run, these types mm-hmm. of things. One of the notes says, don't touch yourself. That double oh. D's parents left him. No. Oh, my That's God. Amazing. <laughs> oh, well, listen, Ed, or double D, he's definitely a... He's 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 a little creepy like that. So they they were right to put that sticky note up. But that's hilarious. It's such a subtle little nuance you would never know unless you pause the show and looked. And it's crazy because like Ed and Eddie had such good moments to it. Like I think everybody had a crush on Naz. I'm just saying. Oh, listen, I I don't want to get too creepy, but absolutely, Naz was super hot. She was like a cool blonde girl on the block everybody wanted Naz. come on it's like uh it's like watching the lion king you don't know what's going on with your body but you know it's right <laughs> wait what happened to you during the lion king now you're freaking me out i don't want to talk about it little <laughs> little dicky the rapper has a song about it he goes i he goes i was watching the lion king i got hard and i didn't know why but it just felt right and i was like yeah it's kind of true you're, you're, you're young and impressionable. You see, start seeing a boy and girl lion go at it. Something happens. It might not, right. it might, might need to bring up some therapist questions, but it's, it's something. That's some primitive shit right there. I like that. That's what I'm saying. I like, I like the animalistic ways. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because as a kid, I had crushes on like girls and cartoon shows. And in a way I was kind of ashamed of it. I'm like, this is, This is a cartoon. What is wrong with me? I'm pretty sure everybody who's ever grown up has had a crush on somebody like a celebrity. Like, I'm pretty sure it's probably more normalized back in the day when cartoons weren't such a big thing. But 
I remember I was talking to my dad. He goes, you know, you said the crush from the girl from the Jetsons. I'm like, what? Like, that's, that's weird. But then I'm sitting there like, I also had a crush on Starfire, so I can't really go and say anything. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to reveal a secret right now, but Jed told me who his crush is. Did he tell you that when he talked to you? I, I think he did, but I totally forgot. What show was it off of? Because I bet I could name it. He did mention. Okay. So, you know, it's Fred Flintstone. He had a crush on Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Probably not, but I like to say he did. I was about to say, I could see him loving uh, Wilma or something. No, I don't know. If he goes that way. I, I think he's more of a Fred guy. I think he's more of a Fred guy. I, I, not even a Barney. <laughs> no, he, Barney's too short. I mean, who wants to be with a short guy, really? Hey, I'm like five foot eight, bro. Oh, I'm five foot ten. I'm not towering over you. Wait, then how tall's Jed? Oh my God, Jed! Because you look like you're like six feet above him. Well, that's <laughs> do I really? Yeah, in some of these photos, you guys look like on your Facebook page, you look like you're completely a lot taller than him. Well, that's because Jed. Okay, so we're about the same height, but um, Jed is taller, long ways than he is tall ways. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I know he's gonna Jed. hear this, and I, I, I can't wait to badass biblical name oh jedediah absolutely i totally like, yeah first of all if i have four kids i already know what i'm naming my four kids after oh. michelangelo leonardo Raphael, and donatello yes see you know what you should just be a dick and name the last kid frank you know no, what i mean he's gonna be left out or i should call him fred <laughs> and call him that internet kid from the 90s wait who was that freaky fred no fred like hey it's fred oh that's right. That annoying, like high pitch guy. The one you like, you you hated his voice, but you listened to him all anyway. You had to watch him. I, see, you know what? That's where it was too easy. Where like back, like back in the day, it was hard to get on. Like actually have a good animation. Nowadays, it seems like they can crack a simple fart joke and it works. I you know what? I totally agree. And if I if I can jump back to Ed, Ed and Eddie, I want to make a point about it. It's funny. Um, my wife, she was homeschooled. And so they didn't watch a lot of cartoons growing up. And it wasn't until recently, we've been married for about a year now. Um, I showed her Ed, Ed and Eddie. I'm like, this is the greatest cartoon. You're going to love it. It'll suck you in. We started watching it. And I had no idea how fucking violent that show is. I mean, it's basically the Three Stooges, except the stuff they're doing, like everyone should be paralyzed and fucking dead. It's insane if you watch it back now. Yeah, and the story is like they're apparently all in purgatory. Do you believe that? Do you believe that theory? I honestly don't because I remember seeing Eddie get picked up by his father's, like all you saw was his father's arm come in and like take him. I think it was definitely like the best way for kids to want to experience more of the community in their own like cul-de-sac. Like that's why they added Rolf in there because Rolf was like, I am the son of a shepherd. Like that whole thing. It was supposed to create like – a, a religious and like race barrier that was like you, as a kid you don't have that they just saw him as rolf he was a little bit weird and he had a goat named victor right well and not to mention the fact that when you're a kid like who gives a shit about the parents you're going out to hang with your friends you're not thinking about your parents that's kind of how they portrayed it in the show you know yeah they should like well i mean honestly it's like the, the back in the day the, the parents work so it was like the kids like hey you know nowadays <laughs> it seems like the parents spend more time at the house just complaining on facebook <laughs> oh don't even get me started on that man i, I I've, I've had to unfriend so many people for so many reasons on facebook and it's just like 
don't annoy me, please. This is not the place to annoy me. Did you think, like, did you see on Netflix they have Invader Zim that they brought back? I watched it. It was actually pretty good, I'm not going to lie. I totally agree. I think I thought they did it total justice. And on top of that, it, they had the exact same voice actors. They did it right. You know and, why and they, you know how they did it right, though? How? So every time an old show gets thrown back, it's this, it's remade, it's redone, and new, newer graphics. What they did with Invader Zim was they picked up where they left off. Right. That's why Rocco's Modern Life was good. They didn't redo it. They didn't try and reintroduce the characters. They just picked up where they left off. So then you've been waiting like 20-something years for this to come back, and then it finally comes back, and you're like, yes, we finally got it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, any true fan of the show would be like, like, what happened to Zim? What happened to Rocco? Are they still in space? You know, that you're right. That is the beauty of it. They didn't fuck with the original story. And not even only 90s cartoons being good, dude. There were some shows back in the 90s, like just regular live shows. I think me and you can both say Drake and Josh was a great fucking show. Oh, oh my God. I can't even tell you how much I love Drake and Josh and still love Drake and Josh. I mean, Josh, I, for, for it's everything, why do you keep repeating everything? I do it for emphasis. Emphasis! <laughs> Hug me, brother! Like that's that shows like it doesn't matter if you're adopted or if you're if your parents like you have a step sibling or something, you guys both like can connect on a level and you still get into arguments just like normal family and that helps teach kids yeah. like you know it doesn't matter if you're blood or not, you can still relate you can still be a family, right? And you can still hate your shitty little sister, exactly because all little siblings are jerks, right? Oh, listen, if my brother hears this. I just want him to know that he was the most annoying little motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. I want to do apologize to my brother out there for basically breaking all of his toys because I was the younger one. Oh, oh, you were the younger one? Yeah. Oh, I got to go. I can't talk to you right now. It's one, Dude, I broke my mom's favorite video game. I feel so bad about it now. She used to love Machine Hunter. Yeah. And I was a little kid, and I would see, like, you know when they get the reflection off the sun on the disc? It would create, like, a rainbow on the wall. So right. I was holding the disc and I started bending it and realizing the more I bend it, the rainbow got bigger. And then suddenly I bent it a little too far and it snapped in half. And I've been trying to <laughs> get this game downloaded anything, anywhere, just so she'll be able to play again. And she's like, you ruined it for me. I'm like, great, great. <laughs> she's like, I don't love you anymore, son. <laughs> but like, it, the, the, I think the best parts like was like, I go to the grocery store, you know, my mom would give you that briefing before you go in the grocery store, like don't hit me in the back of the heel with that shopping cart at all or right. that's it you're gone and she would like say go pick something out of the dollar store you used to go and grab like a yo-yo or something and the most simplest toys but they seemed like they kept your mind occupied the longest i mean do you remember the candy cigarettes oh absolutely i you know what i still buy candy cigarettes to this day the chalk stuff. Nobody knows what that is really anymore. Kids are like, what? Like they, they're, they're completely oblivious. I think they're, they lost the connection like that. Those shows kind of taught like those video games, you know, uh, angry beavers and like, especially courage, the cowardly dog. One of my all time favorites, man, just on the concept of that show taught you life lessons and it scared the shit out of you too. Yeah. And you know what that you're so right. It, it was like you courage was the little bitch inside of all of us. You know, some bad shit happens, some scary shit happens, and he does not want to deal with any of it. But 
he has to because it's his family and he loves his family. It shows what you will do even for your family, even though the dad or the farmer, you know, Houston tortures them all the time. I think the way they did it, though, like the weirdest things, though, like the characters looked all really like like crackhead goofy. But like that shows the reason why I'm scared to use the vacuum because I think I'm going to get sucked into it. And it's like a small world in the (laughs) vacuum. That could still happen. I don't want to freak you out, but that's a possibility. And the reason why I stay away from graveyards, the fact that return the slab. <laughs> yes. Return the slab. That's that kept me away from a Ouija board, man. I'm telling you. Oh, but for good reason too. And but, I can't believe they sell them in freaking Toys R Us too. Oh, you know what? I honestly, I'm not for lots of regulations and stuff. That shit should be illegal. It's going to op- open another portal, and I, I don't want to be around for that. I can't support it. But I'll tell you what, man. Tell me this. Courage had one – actually, he had two things he would say. He had two catchphrases. One was when he would just fucking scream his head off and go crazy. Two is when he would go, the things I do for love. And I thought that was the best freaking thing ever because it was right – like. It was right before he was about to do that crazy shit to go save Muriel. He'd say, the things I do for love. And that was like, you knew he was about to go do some cool shit. I, I used thought to, that was awesome. I used to really like the character Muriel until they had the baby episode where she was a kid. And oh, I know. I want macaroni and cheese. And then he'd go and like cook for like five minutes and then comes back. And he's like, I don't want macaroni and cheese. Or more macaroni, less cheese. And kept doing it for like... I mean, that was a straight 20-minute thing. And I swear to God, I was like, if a kid ever did that to me, I'm, I'm throwing the kid out the window. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm reporting you to the police. You will never have children. I'm sorry. I have to do it, my friend. Can I just put him in the basement then? Yeah, that works too. All right, cool. <laughs> it, just, it, was, it was one of those like, moments, though. Like, that, that show had some crazy stuff to it, like the bank rob and duck. And then, like, you know, Courage, whenever he got hit, he'd go, ha, ha, ha. And do like that, yeah. that crazy ass laugh, and you're like, "What is going yeah. on?" His fucking brain turned to mush. <laughs> oh, how about when he would uh, he'd want to figure something out, and he'd go talk to the computer, and the computer was like some British guy. That's you know? showing where we're going to technology, man. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> oh, courage, the Kylie dog did it first. Yeah, I mean, does that mean we're gonna have a giant eel in the bathtub that starts speaking amazing life wisdom? God, I really hope so. If not, um, I don't want to be around for it. I'll never forget when he went into the bathroom and in the bathtub was just this giant eel with like hallucinogenic eyes and was just like, life's all about its imperfections, Courage. You're extraordinary (laughs) just as you are. And he's like, well, thank you. And then I'm sitting in my head like, what just happened? <laughs> You're like, is courage on acid this episode? That's probably what it was. I mean, you have to think if anybody's any show had a set stage, like theory behind it where they're in purgatory, it was Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yep. I would totally agree with that. They were in literally the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And creepy stuff happens in nowhere. Exactly. We just reannounced the theme song. That was awesome. <laughs> well, you know, it is up to courage to save his new home. Oh my God! So many drops from the theme. I know. I'm. I see. I'm a drop whore. That's just kind of how I am. It's better than being a plat or a promotion whore. Where you just go off and start promoting everything you own. Oh, I did want to mention I am on the '90s Guys podcast. You can catch that on SoundCloud and YouTube. And my virgin ears. <laughs> 
for a price of two ninety nine, you can buy forty thousand shirts for the price of one. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I had <laughs> uh, give episode, me that message. I had an episode where a guy he first came on the podcast and started promoting his stuff, and I looked, and he only had like five views on his podcast, and I'm like, this guy's already got merch, and I was just thinking, I'm so jealous because I don't even have merch. <laughs> you know what? And and we do have merch, but ours isn't so much of a self serving thing. It's more of like, listen. We got to sell some shit because having a podcast has some cost to it. I mean, you know, we, we have to pay for our, our RSS feed, um, you know, studio time and, and all that stuff. But I know what you mean. It, it's a little self-serving to have merch before you actually have a fan base. Honestly, if they have the drive to do it, I suggest people just go ahead and do it. Like, make it whatever you want it to be. I mean, so many times nowadays, the reason why you can fall in love with the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, you always look back at those moments or those good times or those good eras is because the way we're going nowadays, man, it's not it's not the best. Uh, we're kind of disconnected i mean where we have technology that might connect us like how me and you are talking but it's not real connectivity like you don't get to sit and shoot the shit anymore i mean half the time you walk into your door you're so depressed that you just want to go inside and watch netflix all day it's just hard to even get yourself out of the house to do anything right no see i agree and that's why you know getting to think about the 90s reminisce about it it's the best we have. We're never going to get back to that point. At least I don't think. We're, I think we're too far gone with technology. So we might as well just think back on the good old days and remember it fondly. You know what I mean? This is why our grandparents, we always thought it was weird. They would look at old photos of themselves. Like It's because they missed that time. You know, that was a moment in their life where they truly were happy. And like nowadays, it's like they know, like especially like if it's a grandmom or something, her looks are not the same, you know, and it's they kind of hold on to that. It's like with Pam Anderson when she was in Baywatch, okay? She aged and she was doing major plastic surgery to kind of keep herself like how she used to look. And she doesn't understand. That's a fleeting talent to look, be based on your looks. Yeah, and not to mention, you see these people now, the plastic surgery has ruined them. They would have looked, I think, a million times better without that. They just look fake and, I don't know, gross, really. I think it's just like, we choose to model ourselves off stuff that, you know, like back in the day, we used to model ourselves off like cow and chicken, Dexter's laboratory and like all these like created things. Now we're modeling ourselves off of like news and media. We just turned immediately to like celebrities and all these things instead of going into the aspect of like, sometimes you need that fantasy. Sometimes you need to look up to captain planet. Right. And you know what? On top of that, like back in the day, we had TV and VHS and the radio, and that was practically it for our content. Now it's like you can go on YouTube, you can go on your Roku, you can go on your iPad, your iWatch, or whatever it is. It was so refreshing just knowing like I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch TV for like five hours and go to bed. Now I come home and like there's so much to do. Honestly, I have been overwhelmed with like, well, I really want to watch this on Netflix, but I got to make sure that I watch this on Hulu. Like, it's it's kind of stressful in a way. And also the fact that you could not skip over an advertisement. You had to sit there and watch the damn commercial. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think that back in the day, the commercials were so much better. They were actually somewhat entertaining. What do you mean? Like, which commercials? The ones that involved the superstar? Like, you would pour open a box of cereal, and the reason why I always thought Ray Lewis was going to come out of my Frosted Flakes, and he never did? <laughs> God, that's frightening, actually, thinking about that. Um, yes, in a way, but like 
there's so there's commercials that I could recite to you fully right now that were incredible. And I have friends when I see them, sometimes I'll mention, I'll be like, Hey, uh, what's it called? Oh, education connection was a commercial as a kid that they, it was basically a chick singing a song. And I kid you not. I think that she's possibly one of the best lyricists that has ever existed. I mean, it's so freaking catchy. It, it's stuck in my head for all of time. And I can't explain why. Do you remember before, like when you used to just get a computer in the house, do you remember this game called RuneScape? Oh, you know what? I'm terrible. I did not play RuneScape as a kid. Oh my God. I got as far as like chopping up wood and I was like, mm, this is boring. This is tedious. Yeah. All right. Then let me, let, you? Me, let me give you another game. War of the Monsters. War of the Monsters? Dude, I'm no. telling you, if you look this up on your phone right now or look it up on a computer right now, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I had a robot up front. It had a um, gorilla in the back. I mean, a gorilla they were fighting. You get to play it. Dude, that game, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I'm about to pull it up here and show it to you. I'm looking for it right now. It was an old PlayStation. Uh, it was an old oh. PlayStation game. It was like Destroy All Humans, kind of. I didn't play this one, but it looks freaking amazing. What? You never played War of the Monsters? No, I'm a loser, man. This looks really cool. Are you looking at your phone screen right now? No, I'm on my uh, laptop. Look at the phone screen right now. Do you see it? I see uh, one of the loading things. Ah, I see it. That game. Nice. Yes, I think that's awesome. It looks insane oh my god i can't believe you never played that dude this all right this was back in the day when the world worked and we had those video stores you used to go to to rent a game i don't know what you're talking about are you serious no i'm kidding i, I definitely remember oh my god i was about to cry <laughs> don't cry it's okay i was about to say because like you used to go to blockbuster and used to pick out a movie you used to have to pay this guy that was covered in acne and just be like, excuse me, I want this game. And he'd sit there and give you a, a list of recommendations that you did not give two shits about. Right. You were like, well, can, I about, just, can I just get the game? Yeah. And also, don't hassle me because I owe you like 15 cents on a late fee. Like, dude, if, if your company's that hard up, I, I'll toss you a buck. It's okay. It was literally like if you were trying to get like a library book and you were late. Like they would literally be like, you already have three books checked out. Like, does it matter? Like who's reading yeah. those books anyway? Yeah, I know. Like you only have 30 uh, copies sitting on the, the you know counter right now. You know, the, you know the story behind Fresh Prince? No. So before Will Smith actually got the role, they actually told him like, what do you want to be called on the show? And just so to let you know, Whatever you choose as your name, people are going to remember for the rest of your life. Like you're going to be called that the rest of your life. And he chose Will Smith. Oh, that's so smart. Like you don't know Carlton as Alfonso, even though that's his real name. Uh, yeah. Um, well, unless you're a super fan like me and I'm a big Alfonso. Was it Roberto? Ribeiro? See, actually, I don't really know his name. So wait a minute. If you were, were you actually a fan of the Fresh Prince? Oh, I can tell you that not only have I seen every single episode of The Fresh Prince probably 10 times over, I own it on DVD. Oh, dude, let me tell you. So when they replaced the mom, how bad did that mess you up? Oh, oh I hated it. I'm like, who? I'm like, who is this woman? She's an imposter. What is she doing in the home? <laughs> that show created realism, dude. Let me tell you something. Like, 
that show had so many good life lessons taught into it. Like the dad that was Will Smith's dad just finally came in and he was like, sorry, I'm not going to make it. He's like, but you said you would. Then he walked out and then Will Smith gives like that emotional stance. Like I've been going without him my whole life. I go even more without him. I don't need him. I want to go to college because of him. And then the uncle and him hugged. And then you find out later that was an actual reaction, like an actor to another actor. Right. And, like, you hear that type of stuff, dude, changes your mind about shows. Like, they had so much more character nowadays, and it's just the same Walking Dead horseshit over and over again. <laughs> I'm like, I know they're going to kill zombies in this, and I know there's going to be something that's going to be in another town. So why don't you just, just do it? Just stop leading me up to it. Right. And, you know, think about all the production that goes into The Walking Dead or any of those shows. And then think of the production that went into The Fresh Prince. It was like, it was like on a cheesy, shitty set. And it was just really good actors and a really good script. And it was hilarious and it was emotional and it was like, you know, multifaceted. It was incredible. I, I totally know what you're saying with that. What's one thing you really hated about the 90s? Oh, that's a great question. Like either it could be oh. a show, it could be a movie, it could be a food. One thing I really hated about the 90s. Oh, it's so tough because it was just it was just so perfect. Um, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I hated like, you know, getting beat up. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure we all did. <laughs> I was on a street with a bunch of kids on it. There was maybe like 15 different kids. Um, and of course the older kids always fucking beat up on us. They, you know, treat us like crap. And we even had a couple parents that were really weird. We had one parent, this guy, uh, for some reason, he was such a grouch. He would go around calling us idiots and morons and stupid and stuff like that. So, I mean, that kind of stuff from my childhood, I, I really did not like. But and like you said, that's everybody that has that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure kids nowadays are never going to know what it was like to be chased with a stick that had poop on the end of it. <laughs> oh, you had the poop stick too? God, dude, I'm telling you, man, they were everywhere. You know what? what? Let's bring Who's it back, not Robbie? cleaning up their dog shit? <laughs> Who is that savage? <laughs> little jimmy wouldn't have poop on a stick if some guy would have just picked up his dog's poop you know what robbie me and you were bringing it back how about that or i like the poop stick or even lighten it on your neighbor's porch oh i know that was that was incredible and you know what that, it's funny because that's a funny prank but it's also arson if you think about it you know what a really <laughs> funny prank was that they took it a little too far was the back door or uh ding dong ditch yes dude that was a fun game that was like something as a kid i loved to do but people would get so insane about it they would open up the door and they call the cops and the cops would be looking for you You're like what's going on <laughs> i know i, I made know. get up from the couch for five seconds yeah oh i'm sorry that my fat you know my fat sad sack of a husband couldn't get up and go you know answer the door it's like you know what no offense you probably should walk to the door about a thousand times a day and then maybe you could fit in your pants Dude, the best part I think about being a kid was the fact that you could literally eat anything and nothing would even affect your body at all. Oh, dude, you're preaching the choir. It, it, nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich with like fluff on it. Dude, oh, murdering yeah. that with like a soda. And like, if I did that now, I would be like, actually, you know, my back's hurting. And I'm like, I might be 20 <laughs> years old, but it's like shows when like, I've been eating clean for so long that if I try and eat something dirty, it's like, really really bad for my body i'm like in pain for like four days afterwards oh you know what it doesn't get any easier like i'm 25 now 
And I can tell you, my back freaking hurts. My neck hurts. I, I like, I'm being honest with you. I don't think that I'm going to be able to live past 30. I'm going to be in way too much pain. They're going to have to put me out. They're going to have to get some stem cells off some baby and inject it into you. I'm fine with that. I'm really anti-baby. As, as long as the baby comes from an elite race. <laughs> it, needs to come, it needs to come from an elite race, which essentially is my race because I'm a major racist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's, it, I'm, an, I'm, I'm outing I, myself on your podcast. I, it's good. Be open. Be real. We don't want the hiding conversations. I wouldn't do it to you. It's it's crazy because like Ben and Jerry's, like that food, if I ate like as much as I did back then, I would kill a pint in one sitting without even knowing. You're just eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream or a bag of Doritos. Like when you were a kid and you got Doritos, it wasn't pour them in a bowl. It was you ate the bag. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? If you didn't eat the entire bag, you're a weirdo. Something's wrong with you. Yeah, my I never understood it, and my grandma put it in the best of terms. She would get like a, a giant, like uh, she would get like a small little bowl, and she would grab a giant bag of salt and vinegar chips, and she would pour it in the bowl, and like only like twenty chips were in the bowl, and she would make it last for hours, just sitting there putting one chip in her mouth and sucking on it. And actually, she taught me because I had really bad ADHD, and I still kind of do. But she was like, "It's good sometimes to slow down." And it put it in the best of terms. Like anything I did, like when I was going too fast or rushing something, and I felt like I was going a little bit too quick, wasn't actually enjoying the moment. Like she was like, just slow it down. And I did. Yeah. And it was, it was like when you had a snow day, when you had these types of things, enjoy the day. You know, you can sit inside and play video games all day. That's cool. But how many kids nowadays are going to know what it's like to go outside and actually roll up a snowman, like actually build one? Yeah. And, and not like they used to. I, you're totally right. You know what? That's part of growing up too, is you learn, excuse me, you learn these different like tips about life. Like I've learned like in the mornings, I'll be going to work. And every time I get to a red light, I look at my phone. I'm, I got to check what's on Facebook or, you know, email, whatever it is. I'm learning like, like put down the phone. You can look at lunchtime. Just enjoy that. It's like a beautiful morning. Look around, see what's happening. It just it it definitely gives you a happier life. I realize I turned into my grandfather in this podcast when I keep looking back at all the good times. You don't know how it used to be. And I realize that's what he was saying, you know, for me when I was like a little kid, like, we're in the best time. And he's like, You don't know what it used to be like to go outside and have to fight for your food. I'm like, Well, <laughs> you're like, Grandpa, trust me, that was not fun. <laughs> I don't know what you remember. Years anymore. We have regular items like going to the grocery store and getting whatever we want. <laughs> How old is your grandpa? Like a thousand? No, but he acts like it. <laughs> but he has the kid mentality, man. Like I see him like we, uh, I have like a little uh, stepsister and he literally colors and does all this stuff. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Like you're an adult. And he just goes, sometimes you got to release the inner kid. Like he builds puzzles. He hides candy in our house. Nice. My grandma does not let him eat candy. And she's kind of like hunched over. So she can't reach like the top items in the drawer, or top items in like the shelf and stuff. So we have all these pots and pans that hang for decoration. He mm -hmm. grabs Reese pieces and he tapes them inside of the pots and pans. What? Dude, I, 
I was always like, I would go and cook up like a, some soup or something. Next thing I know, I'm like, why is there Reese pieces inside of this? <laughs> and he, why does it smell like burning plastic? Exactly. And then like he always sits in his recliner and watches cowboy movies. And I'm like, I'm sitting there watching him with him, and I'm wondering what he's snacking on. I'm like, what are you doing? He just opens up this drawer, and under this drawer, he has magazines that are like taped down to the thing so if you just open it up it's not going to slide but it's enough to where under it is bags and bags of candy oh this man's a genius dude he puts it in the like he grabs a little small like a uh, uh, swedish fish and we have like they have the old bigger tv so it kind of comes with a giant ass remote right and tapes it under the battery clip no yeah, he's that much of a savage. And she knows he does it, but he's just like – and he has his own personal shed in the backyard. So he just goes out there. He's like, I'm going to go work on the lawnmower. He'll pull the lawnmower out. It'll just sit there, and then he'll be inside the shed with the freezer in there. He's got frozen Halloween candy and everything. <laughs> okay, now you tell me how great your grandpa is. When will he be appearing on your podcast? Because I'm going to listen. I've tried so many times. The hardest part is I can't podcast with my own family. Why is that? I don't know. I really, I like just talking to them. They don't take it seriously. Like they don't, they don't try and engage in any conversation. Like, like my brother, for example, he's a, he owns a popular reggae band. Like everybody in my family is in two to three bands. I'm the only one that didn't follow the line, but they'll be like, you know me. I'm like, I know you, I know, I know you, I know. I want to know like what, like better things about you. And I also want people to know about you. And they're like, oh, well, you, you just tell them. And then they'll walk away. I'm like, why? What? That's boring. I was trying to get my dad on the podcast too. Oh, he see, he'd be a great guest. He wants to do it, but he lives kind of a couple hours away. So we're planning a day to do it down the line. You're going to see the out of the blank father on here. Yes, we've heard the son. It's time for the father to come on. I'm going to ask him so many questions like, why did you break my rock band drum set? Oh, okay. Let me guess. He was hitting the he was hitting the edges, not the inside. He's right? an actual drummer. Yeah. And so he breaks his drumsticks every concert or every gig he does. So he started playing it like it was a real drum set. And then he hits this solo and he hits it so hard the thing cracked off and like snapped in half. And he's like, I'll buy you another one. I was like, ah. Oh. And it never happened, right? <laughs> no, it was literally the day after I got it. It was Chris it was the day after Christmas. Oh, he he was the Grinch that stole Christmas from you. Oh, dude, he's we had me and him had moments like he'd come home from DJing at three o'clock in the morning. I would just sit on the couch and then we're just watching like uh, Martin or we're watching like my wife and kids like right downstairs. Like he's like, shouldn't you be in bed? I'm like, I won't tell anybody if you don't tell anybody. <laughs> he's like, all right, good deal. <laughs> what do you want some frosted flakes or something? I'm like, yeah. So we'd just be sitting there. Like he cooked breakfast for dinner, which is like every kid's dream. Nice. This, uh, this sounds like a good man. I'm liking him. Dude, I'm telling you, there's moments that you look back upon, and this is what I really want to kind of like try and show the younger generations, like my little family members and stuff. I try and show them like you don't want to get nostalgia off your phone. Right. You want to get nostalgia and memories with your family that you're with. And I mean, I'm at fault for doing it too, but it's like the average family used to have dinner seven nights a week. Now they're only having it maybe three or two times. Right. If they're even having it. Like I remember being at the dinner table and convincing my parents to let me curse. No. 
I said that so many kids were cursing at me in school. It's not fair. I couldn't say anything. I, can you let me say the word? And they only told me I could not say the, the one word, you know, you're not supposed to say. So they were like, my, you know what word, and you're not going to make me say it either. And it I'm was confused. What? It was which word? It's 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 a derogatory racial term that you can't use. Oh, oh my God! Are you talking about cracker? Yes, cracker, <laughs> swinger, swagger, all those types of words. No, right? Like my brother looked at me. He was like, "Did you just convince our parents to let you curse?" And I was like, "I just did that." That's impressive, man. I mean. You might need to forget this whole podcast thing. Go be a lawyer. I was going to be a salesman. Oh, well. I was going to sell people false dreams of bringing back old cartoon shows. Oh, you know what? I, if you ever do that, I will hunt you down. Please don't don't ruin our don't don't hurt us like that. Okay, Liam Neeson, I will fight <laughs> you, and I will and kill I will you. kill you. <laughs> you will get that blockbuster DVD overpayment. <laughs> After all these years, it's ten thousand dollars in back payments. <laughs> I don't have ten thousand dollars. <laughs> like you don't have a life. <laughs> okay, so I gotta ask you a question. Go ahead. So you had my partner, uh Jedediah, on this show. Um what what is something that you learned about Jedediah that maybe shocked you or that intrigued you? I learned that it doesn't matter really your age. Like same thing I learned with my grandfather. It doesn't matter your age. You can still have a, a wacky and funny personality. Like so much times as a kid, we were scared to grow up and turn into adults. And then you find out like when you're an adult, the only thing that adds on is bills. Right. You don't oh, lose that child aspect. Like talking to him was so like <laughs> – it was it was so much fun because we were just going off on random different things and like cracking jokes and it was it it shows like a sense of like humbleness a little bit too in a way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And listen, it's it's not just because of his mental deficiency that he's actually a sixty five year old man and he sounds like a thirty year old guy. Um, it's just the fact that he's he's a child at heart, and that's that's one of the reasons I love. Yeah, I mean, it's actually probably one of the best parts I like about your podcast is you're 24 years old and he's 65. I know, it's great. And he, he looks great for 65. Yeah, I don't feel like he's actually 65, to be honest with you. All right, he, I think he's mid-30s. but He's mid-30s? Yeah, what did you think? Oh, my God. Jed. <laughs> what did you think? You Jed, you're me. a good guy, but let's get you stem cells or something. We got to do some genetine. <laughs> How old did you think? I need a number. Oh, Don't be forties, forty-five. Okay. Well, that's that's not that's not too too far. I'm off. gonna take a random shot in the dark and say he's thirty-eight. I want. I think he's. I think he's thirty-four. Thirty-four. It's you know what it is. It's the beard though. Yeah, it he's, is the beard. He has a multicolored beard. His mustache, I think, is kind of brown. Uh, half his beard is like grayish and then the other half is like pure white like snow but you understand that's like the that's the cool originality in your guys podcast that you have this camaraderie like he knows you like he used to work with your parents and be friends with your parents and next thing you know like he's friends with you and he used to just see this kid that used to just draw all the time like he was talking about that like it shows that you guys can connect on such a level too and bring that in on your podcast. Like people can sense that and then they go and look who you guys actually are and they see this, like this, 
this gap in years, but it's like you guys are on the same mentality length. Yeah. And you know what? That's one of the reasons Jed and I have always been good friends is because we relate on the exact same level. And it's funny because that's one of the, the feedbacks we've gotten from our podcast. They're like, you guys have a really good rapport. And our response is, well, we've been friends for, I think it's been 10 years now. It's like, it's just like, like you said, I know him, he knows me, which also makes for some hilarious content because <laughs> I know what stuff to bring up to bother him, what stuff to bring up to make him laugh, what stuff to bring up, uh, you know, that makes him uncomfortable. It's, it's perfect. It makes for a really funny conversation. It definitely does. Dude. It helps bring the audience in, in a way too, which I, which I find is like the key. Cause a lot of times you can tell like when a show or a movie or something like the cast aren't getting along and they're just faking it, it makes it kind of uncomfortable to kind of watch in a way. Yeah. And, and yeah, no one wants to sit through something they don't think is genuine, you know? That's why I tell people like, be authentic. Curse on here if you want. You know, act a fool if you want to act a fool. You're, I want to have a real conversation with you where you don't feel like you're being, you're living in this fake, false reality that we choose to act in society today. We walk around like we're wearing masks, man. It's yeah, it's, it's so uncomfortable. Like I like the way I act on this podcast is how I act in real life. Like I crack a fart joke downstairs, and my family just looks at me like, "Are you an idiot?" And I'm like, "Nah, I'm just trying to crack humor because." I think life is filled with too much seriousness all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know what? I got to pay you a compliment. I, pretty much halfway through this podcast, maybe even sooner, I forgot we were doing a podcast. And I, I just I felt like I was talking on, on the phone with a friend. You know, it was just, it was, it's been very natural. And that's, it's oh hard god. to do. Oh my God, I have a friend. <laughs> no, no, no. I, don't get ahead of yourself now. Oh, okay? I, I still have to go on the roof and jump off. No, 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 no. I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. Yes. I <laughs> guilted you into it. No. And not only are we going to be friends, but Jed and I talked about it. I don't know if he mentioned it, but we got to have you on our podcast if you have time. Dude, whenever, just shoot me a message. I've helped. I mean, not helped, but I've been on podcasts. I've helped people. I tell people we're all experiencing the same life right now in different ways. I mean, we all share this earth together. And I've said it multiple times in the podcast. I hate sounding like a broken record. But the the weirdest thing people always say about my podcast is, I don't know like what you guys focus on. And I'm like, because we just shoot the shit. And I tell them, it's like a sunrise or a sunset. This podcast isn't my podcast. It's our podcast. You're, this episode you're in right now is your episode. It's, it's, it's both of ours. We can do whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. We can, you know. Be, express yourself, man, because we're lacking in a world of creativity and expression nowadays. It seems like it's so much easier to be the gym that works the nine to five. And sadly, I'm not a gym that works the nine to five. Right. You know, I want to ask you, what do you do for a living? I work at a hotel. Oh, okay. Are you a, the, uh... I'm, a, I'm a houseman. So I'm, I basically clean up all the trash from the housekeepers and take all the crap from them. But it just shows like... I've been, I work in all Latino staff, basically. I'm the only white guy. So like when people talk about race and they talk about these things, I'm like, we're all just people where I've right. been a minority practically my whole life, isolation kind of. And it's like, I've never felt like, I don't know. I've never really felt out of place around people that don't look like me. I've always felt comfortable because I realized when I did feel out of place, that was something inside of myself I needed to fix. 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's not always even your fault. You know, if you grew up in an area that didn't have different races and different nationalities, you know, it, it can be shocking. Like when you get to school and you're around people that aren't like you, but it's just about, you know, my whole thing is, um, I'll, I, I never judge anyone by their race. I, I judge people by themselves. And listen, there's white people that are assholes. There's black people that are assholes. Uh, my cat is an asshole. It's Cats just, just don't like people. Well, no, uh, I can't, you can't put that blanket statement. Cause I'll be honest with you. I have some amazing cats and I don't know if, if you've gotten this point in the podcast, I am a major cat person, like to a, to a freakish level, probably. So that's what's wrong with you. I couldn't narrow it down. <laughs> well, it was something. The only thing with cats is they're they, like in Egypt, they're supposed to guard like sarcophaguses. They're supposed to be the keepers, like the gates of the uh, of like hell. Basically, they guard the gates. So like spirits, like that were. That's why they always had cat omens everywhere, and everyone had like a cat in their sarcophagus or had near their tomb because they're supposed to keep away the demons and spirits because they're the guardians of like the hell, basically. And it's like how you had Cerberus, the hellhound. Well, that's what cats were. They were seen as these things that would block these spirits. And that's what they believed. But the aspect yeah. is cats, they don't really give a shit if you're there or not. Like they'll, they'll walk over you like, yes, you can pet me. And they give you that fancy thing. And it's like, all right, well, guess who's not getting their fancy feast today? <laughs> you fancy little bitch. Exactly. No fancy feast. You know what, though? It's funny. I, I think I got extremely lucky because when I was a kid growing up, I had three cats in the house and they were that way. They were dicks. They didn't care about us, essentially. I mean, they did, but, you know, they just they weren't very emotional. I have four cats right now, and I can honestly say that two out of those four cats are really emotional, sweet. Actually, okay, I can say three out of those four cats are really sweet and emotional, and I think they actually care if my wife and I are home or not, I mean, we'll, we'll leave and we'll come back and you can tell they've missed us. I don't know. That's just me. I think that's, that's true. I think it's just like people, like you said, you know, you can be a white racist, you can be a black racist. It's just people are racist. We just use a stereotype because it's so easy to label something nowadays. I mean, right. it's so easy to label surge is probably the worst energy drink out there. But let me tell you something <laughs> that made my pee change different colors. Oh, it did it to you too. It went black, and then the, it was like something's probably really internally wrong. Did a demon come out? No, but I drank more surge right afterwards, and I was pumped. Oh, hey, that's hey. You know what? Who cares about the black pee? You are hyped. You are. You are. I'm. I'm relevant. I'm on that spiritual level. You got to get on my level first of all. <laughs> you know what? I don't drink any energy drink except for one, and I have to tell you what it is, and you have to go get it because I think it's just incredible. It's called Bing. All right, not I drink bang. Bang's con. Wait, you talking about Bing? I'm not Bang. This is Bing, and it's made. It's an all natural energy drink they make with Bing cherries, and you haven't lived until you've chugged a Bing. I don't. I've never heard of this, but I feel like it's like Coke when they just switch the flavor well, or they change it, it up. A, they change the original recipe. I'm like, you just told people you changed the original recipe, right? Like I know people that used to work at fast food restaurants and they would be like, someone would order a diet Coke, but they'd be a jerk the whole entire time. Like just be ignorant and kind of like, a, and they'd be like, I just give them regular Coke. I'm like, you're a passive aggressive monster. 
<laughs> you're like i will never order food from you you freaking asshole that's what i bring up to the point of my buddy who's vegan we go out to a restaurant and he's waiting like 45 minutes like trying to figure out like is this cooked near any meat it can't be cooked near any meat i'm like dude if i was a chef and i figured out how to take your salad to the back i would just cook it right next to a nice steak and like actually throw the steak on the salad and take it off <laughs> you would use the, the steak sauce as the salad dressing this is why i don't work at a restaurant <laughs> if you ever apply um i'm gonna make sure the authorities get in contact with you i'm worried i just want to work at domino's because i've podcasted with people that are like pizza delivery people and they're like the weirdest thing is when you go at like two o'clock in the morning and it's some drunk dude like he's just asking what's on the menu and it's like pizza wings all this and they're like can i get uh, a mcdouble he's like this isn't mcdonald's this is literally pizza hut you're ordering pizza <laughs> I'm I'm I believe that. And kids won't know nowadays because they have Uber Eats. Right. Oh, dude. Back in the day, we had to get on our bikes and ride about 15 to 20 minutes up to our local grocery store, get all the groceries we wanted, all the junk food, and then ride back with freaking bags hanging off of our, you know, of our handles. You want to know how hard it was to try and decided what you wanted when you went to a buddy's house and your parents gave you $20 and you were ordering pizza that night? <laughs> oh, that, that is the hardest decision of your life. You're like, which pizza restaurant are we ordering from? How much are we going to have to tip? All this types of stuff. Like, those were moments, though. Like, But now, like, my little cousin's like, yeah, I got Chinese food. And then my buddy, he's going to um, get a McDouble. I'm like, How, are you guys making separate calls? No, we're Uber eating. I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? You're like, aren't you 12? It's like when Domino's and Pizza Hut made that delivery, like you can order online option. Mm-hmm. That was crazy because you were like, you could just type in a bunch of weird stuff. It gave you a limitless menu. Instead of telling the person, I want pineapple, sausage, cheese, I, I just start going off like a list of 50 toppings and then hearing them go, that'll be 30 something dollars for one pizza. And then you're like, oh, hold on a second. And then you just hung up and called a different place trying to get a lower price. <laughs> yeah. And because you also, you were embarrassed. You're like, I don't have $30. And then you open up the door and you're just like handing him the money. He's like, what about tip? And I'm like, what's tip? And just shut the door. <laughs> and you shut the door and he like has his hand like through and you break all of his fingers off. Just screams. Ah! <laughs> it's just, you know what? This has happened to both of us. I can tell. I'm telling you, man, the anxiety I used to get when the guy used to come up and I had to go open the door to give him money to get the food. I was like, <laughs> I have to do this. This is how we're all going to survive. Nobody's home. Me and him are going to have to eat some pizza. Honestly, I invited the pizza guy into my house one time. It was probably a bad move, but I did it, and he was actually really cool. He went in your house? Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm kind of busy. I'm like, dude, why don't you just sit in here and enjoy a slice of pizza? It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you look really, really tired. And he's like, all right. He ended up just coming in. We're shooting this shit. Like, I'm drinking a Monster Energy drink, getting ready to go back upstairs to play Halo, and we're just talking. Like, he was the coolest dude, too, and I realized now he could probably have murdered me. But it's not like back in the day where your parents used to warn you about getting into a car with a stranger that has candy. No, now we Uber, and they have candy, and we have to give them a five-star rating. Right. And you know what? I actually was an Uber driver for a while, so I can relate to the struggle of wanting that five-star rating so bad. 
You wanted people to come. You know, they have an app where it lets you poop in other people's homes. What? It's like Uber, but it's for it's for taking dumps. Like people have their toilet open for you. Like you can use our guest bathroom and rate the stars on it. It's like okay, dude. I think I might do that. And and I'm my house only has one bathroom in it, so my wife's probably going to be really pissed. Just pick, look, I have to drop, dude. I remember the times where I have like all my bathrooms in my house were filled up, and I had to literally drive my car to a store at like two o'clock in the morning to use the bathroom. <laughs> See, you know what? You're you're a city boy. You just what you're supposed to do is you go and get it like one of those like plastic bags from the grocery store. You go outside and you do what you got to do, man. I don't want to. Why would graphic. I do that if they have a perfectly good bathroom in Walmart? And then you look like an asshole when you just walk in there, and then you're like, I have to buy something now. I just wrecked that <laughs> toilet. Yeah, you go buy baby wipes and you walk right in the bathroom. <laughs> I swear to God, every time I go to Walmart, there's literally a dude in there going to the bathroom and taking a monstrous crap. I know, and see, that's why I will not poop at Walmart because I don't want to hear someone else taking a poop. And I don't want anyone else hearing me taking a poop. Well, it's like the anxiety you got in school when you used to go into the bathroom stall and then someone be like, oh, someone's taking a poop. It's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> you ever heard of it? It's, it's real interesting, I know. I think that was an awkward part in school too that I don't miss was the urinals. Oh, absolutely. Because you'd always get it when it was empty and then some savage kid would just walk in and go right beside you. And you're like, dude, you couldn't skip one over. Right. Or how about when the kid would come in and he'd walk to the urinal and then he'd drop his pants to the to the ground. And then you would be like, excuse me, I don't need to see your ass just because you're at the urinal. Dude, that also is- brings up the major question why people wipe their ass differently. <laughs> that brings that brought that question up? <laughs> like front to back, side to side. What do you do? Do you just go and take a shower? Um, you know, it depends on what I'm going to do. If I'm going to work, yeah, I'm going to take a shower because I cannot sit at my desk all day with, you know, like squirming. But um, let me, I'm trying to even think how I do it. I am a, oh, I'm a front to back kind of guy. Okay, that makes sense. But I mean, there's so many, I don't know. I think it's different for everyone. It's like when you have different colored eyes. Yeah. It's just everyone wipes their ass differently. <laughs> okay, how do you do it? Honestly, it's whatever I'm feeling after the crap. Sometimes it's like it's so bad. It's like I just grab a ball of toilet paper and just start cramming it up there. No, you're dude, telling me. That I you- know a savage dude that wha- grabs toilet paper, wraps it around his hand like an oven mitt, and just goes and oh. back and forth and back and forth and back and forth oh. until it's just like – and then he keeps doing that until there's no more. I'm like, you just wasted a roll of toilet paper wiping your ass. Oh my god! And plus, trust me, hemorrhoids are coming. That's that's not good. And the fact that it takes you an extra forty-five minutes in the bathroom because now we have phones that can let us literally go off onto these wild-ass tangents where you're supposed to actually focus on going to the bathroom. Right. I know. And you know what? And now I sit in the bathroom for a half hour instead of five minutes, like I should. That's nothing. I watched half of Avengers Endgame on my phone. Oh my god! It you know got what? to the point where I stood up and my legs were asleep, and I went headfirst into the towel rack. <laughs> and right, and you know what? You deserve that one. <laughs> my cousin, like he, he, he was waiting for me when I came outside the bathroom, and he goes, "Do I need to take you to the hospital?" And I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "You were in there for like two and a half hours." I was like, "Yeah." 
And I'm like, were you on your phone? I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you have a charger in there? I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, of course. I'm watching Endgame. I'm not going to have my phone die in the middle of it. It's like when, the, when you used to dream about having a, t- a TV in the bathroom and you realize that's probably oh. the worst option because you would just never leave. Yeah, you're right, but also I still want that. <laughs> I I find it if you had it like it's when you got the um do you remember when Xbox used to have the DVD attachment to it? Yeah, of course. Dude, those made road trips awesome. Watching Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon the movie. Yes. That made well, car trips fly by. Oh, absolutely. But and you mentioned it too. Halo back in the day on the Xbox. I I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And part of me still wants to go back and play halo because it was so good i remember staying up for hours at night trying to get the the uh, achievements like the vidmaster achievements the hardest ones oh you know what see you you did it a totally different way than i did i don't the only reason i went to play halo is because i wanted to do something crazy in a live match like throw a sticky bomb from all the way down and have it land on some guy's foot you know one of those crazy like moments you see on youtube and it's the crappy moment where the guy's mic sucks so he goes to plug it and he's just screaming and it's blasting through the speaker on your tv and you just get you just get the biggest amount of dopamine rush after that like your brain's like that felt good <laughs> and then of course you always get into a uh you know screaming match with like a five-year-old who's calling you like every bad name in the in the world you know and you're like this is this is really weird a, a five-year-old just called me a son of a bitch when my parents thought that Xbox was ruining my life because I was just screaming at random people, I was like, you're not hearing what they're saying. They're calling you whores. <laughs> yeah, you're a bitch. You're a piece of shit. I'm just defending you, really. You should be thanking me. Well, I guess it was better to get offensive that way than how we take it now, where if you just you label me wrong, I'm going to get offended and ruin your whole career. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, you know what? That's the whole thing. Everyone wants to end everybody. And it's like, it's like, why does it have to be that dramatic? It's like, calm down a little bit. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. We need to take it back to the moon, shoe, moon shoes days. Yes. Oh, the moon shoes. You know what? I hate the moon shoes because I watched the commercial and I said, this is it. I'm going to feel like I'm in space. It's going to be zero gravity. And you know what? For someone that weighed... 100 pounds it probably was but i was kind of a chunky kid and they sucked they didn't work very well you're supposed to act like an astronaut yeah but i don't know it didn't do it for me i love the commercials i hated how they were you know one thing i really hated about the 90s what's that the pacer test oh that was terrible that made gym class so awkward did you ever win the pacer test? No, that showed the strong from the freaks. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what it is, and I'm not trying to brag right now, but I won the pacer test a couple times. Oh, my God. For me, it was the woman. I couldn't ha- handle her voice. It was like when I tried to listen to like some sound to go to sleep. I listened to like Sounds of the Ocean. There's this one on Spotify. I don't remember the name. But I swear to God, a minute in to these wonderful ocean sounds, all you're hearing is a seagull go, ah, ah, every five seconds, dude. And I, you can't go to sleep. The whole time I was like awake and I was like, I want to kill that fucking seagull. <laughs> I don't know what you're listening to. It sounds, sounds very unrelaxing. So you want to know the very first podcast I actually wanted to start? Yeah, love to.
it was me eating a bowl of raisin bran just in the microphone. What? Like ASMR stuff? But even better, I was going to be like, when you get a flake stuck in your throat, you're like, <coughs> like get the whole the whole <laughs> cough in there and everything. You're like, <coughs> and then just start going back to eating raisin bran. And then like, it would be, it would stop after like 10 minutes. And then I just pour another bowl and just go back into it. You know what, man? <laughs> I think you should still do this. I would listen to that. Dude, I'm telling you, you'd probably get more views than this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, not well, not when I'm on it, though, because my thousands upon, I'm sorry, my tens upon tens of fans will be flocking to it. But see, I what I enjoy about that is I like the small ones, too. Like, I like the ones that seem like they don't have a lot of views because they are the ones that are the best. They're the secrets hidden, man, that they're going to get out there. Like, your podcast is going to get out there for sure. And I'll, I'll do my best to, like, you know, aim people towards it too, get you guests and stuff too. Cause I know a bunch of people that would love to shoot the shit about nineties, man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, you know, for us, we're having fun. If something comes of it, that's awesome. We totally welcome that. But if it never takes off, if it's just two old friends acting like idiots for half an hour to an hour, we're still going to do it. It's, it doesn't matter. To us. Good way for you guys to get together and be able to hang out. Yeah, well, honestly, it's the only way we are able to hang out um, due to Jed's arrangement with the courts. He has to uh, he has to either be at home or at work, and we've we've convinced them this is work, so they will they will let him out of uh, of prison for is this. It, this is fake news. We're spreading fake news about Jed to these people. You understand? Jed's episode's going up before <laughs> yours, so next thing you know. It, people are going to be like, wow, he's such a good guy. And then you come on and just crap all over him like a pigeon on a statue. You're just annihilating. So he didn't tell you about the prison? No, he didn't tell me about no prison. <laughs> so what did Jed have to say about me on your show? He said that you were a wonderful guy. And he said that mm -hmm. if, if he had a son, it would be you. He said that? No, he would never say that. He said <laughs> he didn't say anything really bad. Honestly, I think you were brought up a couple of times. He was like, you were going to relate to this kid on such another level because you guys are practically the same age group. And I was like, dude, but your your mentality is like the same like relaxing mentality that a lot of people have. Like I've look, I've talked to hundreds of people from all across the globe and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I think my record for podcasts in a day was like i did 15 at like one o'clock in the morning australian time oh my god you're a madman it's it's all because like i enjoy it dude it's something about like somebody just coming on like i've had people message me from like the worst thing i don't like what people do is they send me their credentials oh like has who even has that? People that I podcast with that are like, uh, there's like people that do acupuncture, people that do like psychotherapy, people that have like have a bunch of doctorates, teachers. I podcast with everybody. Nobody's out of the term. And I tell people like, some kid messaged me on Reddit and was like, "Look, I'm gra just graduated. I don't really do anything. Barely work. You know, kind of unemployed." And, and he just like made his life seem so bad. And I was like, "He's like, I don't think I'm a perfect fit for your podcast. I know." You have some amazing people on, but can I just be on your podcast? I was like, hell yeah, you can. He was like, what, really? I was like, yeah, let's do it. We literally just shot this shit about Bigfoot and Xbox for like two hours. Nice. It, what episode is that? I got to hear it. Uh, it's, it'll be coming out. It'll be coming out. Oh, I'm, I, 
I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to impose on the schedule. It's all good. See, I try and tell people like I, I, me doing a bunch of podcasts in a day does not mean I belittle any of our conversations. I remember each unique individual and what episode number they were that was on my podcast. I love that. I think that's I, awesome, man. I can tell you from. I think it was. Uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but episode ten, Dawn Shockley. She's a woman that has been a very inspiration in my life only on the fact I've worked with her for three years and she has literally kept up with me even when she was out of work for a year and she just kept up with me. How's school going? How's this going? And I was like, why don't we podcast? I go into her house. She has her teeth out. She's smoking a cigarette, wearing a Sacagawea shirt, and we're just shooting the shit. And she goes, you know, I used to be a professional women's champion arm wrestler, right? I'm like, what? What? You start hearing stuff about people, man. Every podcast I've had, somebody's said something or got, we've gotten to a conversation where it's like, holy crap. Like you, If you just take the time to understand an hour with somebody, you find out some stuff, good or bad. You might help them through something. Like the reason my whole podcast started, and I'm not going to say it again because I've said it so many times, but it's, it's about conversations with people, man. I've, I've had friends, the re- like, all right, I guess I'll say it, but- um, my one buddy is on my podcast, Brooks Holloway. If you look up that episode, he's the reason I started this podcast. One of the few reasons, because he called me on top of his roof drunk at two o'clock in the morning saying he was going to end it all. And this is the same time I'm going through depression around the age of like 20. It's why kids start drinking all the time is because there's nothing really else to do. You feel like the life is just bills and hardship. Yeah. Amen. But I think that's great, man. And that's why you got to keep doing this podcast. I'm going to persevere fear all the negative influences of this new generation stuff and just live in the 90s i'm going to buy a tank yes. top all 90s yep. i'm, I'm going to tattoo invader zim on my ass not oh you're going to get a bowl cut you're going oh, to have yeah. converse yeah man all oh, converse you don't even kids don't even know nowadays <laughs> they wish they did though they'll never they'll never quite be as cool as we were yeah, they're never going to buy Play-Doh from a dollar store and realize that they can make that silly putty fart in so many ways. Oh, are you kidding me? Dude, I've made so many inappropriate jokes with silly putty. I, I couldn't even tell you how many jokes I've made that are extremely offensive with that I'm, fart noise. I'm telling you, man, there's something about being childish. Like, I think more people definitely need to release their inner kid. Like, be a Donald Trump, but just don't be an asshole. Be, <laughs> be as childish as possible. You get political on this podcast? I have had people that do political podcasts get on here and talk nothing about politics. I'm like, look, everything that I know is just a, a, a source from somebody else that is probably completely one-sided. So I'm like, this is why I try and tell people I'm open-minded to everything. I'm going to give you what I think is going on. I think the problem is when you look at the government, it's red, white, and blue, but you don't understand who runs the government. It's people. And people have faults. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's why, I, to be totally honest with you, I love politics. I, I, I follow it very closely, but I never quite let people know exactly what I think anymore because it's ruined friendships and it's, and it's ruined people's opinion of me. And it's, it's honestly, it's ruined pe- my opinion of other people. And I hate that. I think it's so stupid. I feel like it's weird nowadays. Like I've had people I've talked to and they open up, go, Hey, my name's Jim. I'm a Democrat. And I'm like, did you just tell me your political what? view? Like, 
to start off a conversation? What happened to the small? Dude, I'd kill for some small chit chat about the weather nowadays. I feel like every time I go into the store, see there's somebody waiting to just berate me with all their problems they have in their life. And I realize we're all hurt, man. We're walking around with this shield up. 24 7 when i feel like we need to go back to the more primal ways where we all got to get together and help each other out right yeah absolutely man i mean that's what it's all about what else are we doing here you know you know be a child that enjoys a kid's cuisine and looks for that toy inside of the box and hopes that ray lewis is going to come out of their bowl of wheaties amen and hopes that the kool-aid man will destroy his parents home oh yeah Oh, yeah. Like, you just <laughs> broke my wall. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's like, I kind of don't give a shit because you have Kool-Aid, and that's Kool-Aid's delicious. Yeah, that was a savage moment when he used to bust through the wall. The commercials back then were better, too. The fact, like, Tony the Tiger would just pop off and, like, a, a family would be enjoying breakfast, and nobody's freaking out that this tiger just leaped off the boxes and is in their house telling them, they're great. <laughs> He's in a, he broke into their home. Uh, and he then insult he assaulted everybody by grabbing them and bringing them into the kitchen. It it really is it's a crime that they documented in a commercial. Nobody's gonna know what the Sunny D bottle used to do when he used to play sports with people. Oh, and it was great too. I I think it could have gone pro if it didn't get into drugs. Olympic but. gold right there. <laughs> I want to tell you, man, it's been awesome talking to you, dude, on this podcast. I want to give you here a minute at the end to promote your content, dude, because I want people to find it. And I'm going to make sure I link it all in the description so people can see the awesomeness that is your podcast. Well, Robbie, I appreciate that. And, man, I so appreciate you having me on. It's been a blast getting to talk with you about the 90s, about now, and everything we talked about. But if people want to hear more, please check us out. We're the 90s Guys Podcast. Guys is spelled with a Z because we're pretty freaking cool like that. And we drop new episodes every Wednesday and Sunday. Like we mentioned in this podcast, it's me and my buddy Jed. We're old friends that just, we like talking about the 90s. We love going through all the good stuff in the 90s. We have fun. We're a couple of idiots. Come check us out. And also, make sure you look out for a future episode featuring our very own Robbie. Oh, God, I'm going to be on an episode of the 90s guy. Wait, does that mean I can have a Z in my name, too? Yes, absolutely. Dude, remember Dodgeball, where they were like, this is Blazer, this is Taser, this yep. is Hazer. And it's like, that's such a badass name. Like, it's not good when you're graduating and the kid's name last name starts with a Z, and then you're just waiting for that asshole to stand up and collect his diploma. <laughs> but if you have a name that starts with a z it's like having the name beowulf like nobody's messing with you when the teacher calls it out because everyone's looking to you when a bear breaks into the class absolutely man you're the guy that's going to shoot the uh, silver bullet through its heart exactly. you gotta have that guy on your side van helsing of the realist world <laughs> you will be our van our van helsing on the 90s guys podcast damn you just gave me the compliment of hugh jackman <laughs> not I'll many people have gotten that I'll take it, and I'm going to end on that one because that was too good for me. <laughs> well, thanks again for having me on, Robbie. Thanks again, and thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.